Welcome to today's episode of Systemize Your Success, where I'm joined by Chantelle Cornelius, who is a marketing expert with over 20 years um, history and experience and the founder of the Apple Tree Marketing Company. She's helped hundreds of coaches, consultants, and speakers to grow their businesses. She's also the author of two books on marketing and business survival. She's also the marketing director and vice president of the Professional Speaking Association in the UK. And she's currently writing her third book, all about uh, the emotions behind buying decisions. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools, and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits, and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day, and this is Systemize Your Success. So welcome, Chantel. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Hello, Steve. It's lovely, lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm, I've been, for selfish reasons, quite excited about this uh, episode because, as you may know, I'm a business coach and I have been doing this for around seven years now and helping small businesses to to get along with their systems and their, their automations and strategy and working with virtual assistants and the like. So I'm probably one of your ideal clients. And, and I always think that when that's the case, it, it sort of opens up the... The, the the opportunity to have quite an interesting conversation because I really hopefully will understand the pains that some of your clients are going through or go through because I'm potentially one of them. Um, and that hopefully will allow me to ask some questions which are relevant to me, but also hopefully relevant to anyone listening into this podcast. Um, I thought today I want to start, well, first off, just give us a, you know, a couple of minute introduction to who you are, where you've come from and, and how you help people. So who I am and where I've come from, I've I set I set Apple Tree up 22 years ago now. So in 2000, I spent the previous five years working in medium sized businesses doing doing their marketing. And before that, I was a riding instructor because I was kind of messing around. I'd come out of university, didn't really know what to do with myself. So I thought I'd go and go and follow my my other passion, which was which is horses. You can't really make much money from doing that. And I somehow managed to get into marketing. So I've been doing that for a very long time. And I absolutely love it. And I have two horses as well who I can see. I'm in my office in my garden at the moment and I can see both of them out the window there. They're just just across the fence. So, uh, yeah. And, and what do I do? I well, as you said, I work with coaches, consultants and speakers, predominantly owner managers. So most of my clients, there's only one person in the business. And I love that because they're the ones with the passion for growing the business. Most of them either hate or despise marketing or just get really confused by it. So I, I simplify it for them. I don't fill their heads with, with jargon and newfangled widgets and gizmos. I really explain it to them all in plain and simple language and, and hold their hands really and, and, and walk them through it. So I look after them on, on their journey. And I love it. It's great fun. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So where I wanted to start, really, I, I guess it springs from the thoughts around your new book you're writing now, which you talked about being the emotions behind buying decisions. And and where does that like help us as coaches or even just small businesses looking to, to get into the heads of our clients, I guess? Like, how do we connect with them? And, and how does that affect or guide us with regards to marketing? This this all came about because one of one of the areas that I help my clients with is working out 
where they are in their business and what makes them different before we look at where they want to go and helping them set goals, because that then allows us to work out what is the best marketing to do for them. And I started doing more digging into helping clients to really stand out from others. You know, Steve, you're a coach. There are thousands, probably millions of people out there who call themselves coaches. A lot of them aren't trained. I've met too many that have done basic training. And it, and it means that as a coach, it's very difficult for you to stand out from all of the other coaches because there will be hundreds of other coaches who do work very similar to yours. So how do you stand out? And as I started digging into this more, I realized that our clients, that the way we connect with our clients is through emotion. And if you have an emotional connection with a client or a potential client, they're much more likely to buy from you. And as I did more research into this, I've, I've worked out that there are five different strategies that you can, that each each business that I've, I've come across generally has one main strategy of the five. And it's all about how the client feels when they work with you. So it's not about how we feel as the supplier, the coach, the consultant, it's how the clients feel and how they want to feel. And when you know what those feelings are, you can use them in your marketing and in your work as a, as a coach and consultant to build on the feelings, the emotions that the clients want. So it's about using the emotions to win new clients and then keep them, retain them by, by delivering on, on what they want. Okay, fantastic. And so if you know, we were to start working together and you were going to give me some advice on how to figure that stuff out. I mean, obviously you don't want to give away all your, all your uh, secrets, but how can we, what can you give me? And obviously anyone listening, like, how do we figure that stuff out? How, where do we go to find out you know, what, what do they want? What do they want to feel? I mean, it seems difficult to, to get into someone else's heads, but obviously you must have a, a method to this madness. <laughs> Definitely. The, the easiest way actually is to ask your clients, ask them how they feel when they work with you. And you need to be listening out for the language that they use. The book that I'm writing will go into this in, in a lot more detail. I've also, I've been writing about it for the last five or six years. So I've got a newsletter that goes out every month and I've got, got blog articles and LinkedIn articles explaining the different strategies. And it's, so it's about asking the clients how they feel, listening to the language, and then looking at the words that you're getting. And I've come up with five lists of words, one for each of the, of the strategies. So if you know which words go in which, strategy effectively you can start to work out which one might be yours so for example I, I run a workshop where I give people a handout and there are five lists of lists of words and I, I've talked to them about the different strategies but I don't tell them which list is which and I say go through the lists and tick as many words as you want to that your clients tell you about how they feel so there's a certain element there you have to have been listening to them a bit but and but it's it's a starting point and it's quite simple in that People then add up the number of ticks they've got in each column. And that is generally the strategy that works best for them. And again, like I said earlier, it's not about how we feel. I, I used to think that people came to work with my business because they wanted to grow their businesses and they wanted some fun, exciting marketing. They don't at all. They want a safe pair of hands. And certainty is, is one of the strategies. And it's the one that I use. And I, it took me a while to understand that my clients were coming to me because they wanted a safe pair of hands. So it's, it's about it's about listening to what your clients say, asking them questions, and then kind of getting to know 
the emotions and the words that go with each of the of the strategies. Okay. So the obvious next question to me is um so what question could I ask just to get this ball rolling? What question could I ask my existing clients? Is it as simple as what do you feel like when you work with me or, or is there anything more to it than that? It it really is as simple as that. It, it's how how do you feel when you work with me? You can you can actually do it at the end of each coaching session. You can say how is that? How are you feeling? And if they say, oh, I'm feeling inspired and excited and motivated, or, or I'm feeling content and safe, and or, I, oh, I feel like I've really been heard and listened to, those are the sorts of words that you need to be picking up on. So, yeah, at, at the end of a coaching session, at the end of a, a, a meeting or a call when you've been spending time with a client, or just be brave and pick up the phone and say, look, I'm doing some research. Can you tell me how you feel? when you work with me what's it what's it like for you okay yeah yeah that's fantastic it, it, it seems so easy that it's you know it, it's a, something you could actually do <laughs> yeah you, you yeah. do it, it, it certainly it needs a certain amount of bravery in that we're not we're not very good most of us at picking up the phone and saying to a client how how am I doing are you happy with the service I'm providing you but if you're saying to them how do you feel then they will hopefully give you all the positive stuff. They'll probably give you some negatives too. And that's fine because that helps you to, to improve your service. So yeah, just yeah, of course. get brave and pick up the phone. And then do, do you use the um, the flip side, the flip side of it? So what um, one a sales coach I work with um, talks about red and green words. So they, they, they pick out the, the positives, but then in the marketing, then flip them around and in, in certain circumstances, then think about, okay, what's the opposite of that? And, so you're sort of playing to both sides almost. Yeah, definitely. If if a client says to you, I don't feel this, or the, oh, they 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 say, Yeah, you know, I, I tend to focus it around the positive, the positive words. But if a client says, I don't feel unsafe, I don't feel demotivated, flip it to the to the positive. Yeah. Um, most of them, I mean, hopefully, if you say to a client, how do you feel when you've been working with me? Hopefully they won't say things like, I feel really confused and stressed and, and, and overwrought. Uh, because if they're saying that, then then you've got some work to do. But mostly they will they will go for the positive words. But as you say, I mean, knowing that is gold. If you're a coach or a, a you know a, a, a business advisor, then knowing that actually that's the feeling people have when they work with you, you need to know that stuff. So Absolutely, this yeah. can only be, a, a, you know, for, for you personally, a, a positive outcome. Yeah. And it, and it means as well that when you when you know what an individual person feels, how they feel when you work with them, you can then be making sure that you help them reach those feelings on, on every single coaching call, every single session. If you've got one. So, for example, my my coach, Ian, his strategy is something I call growth. So he helps me to feel motivated, inspired, enthusiastic rather than, oh, I can't do it. It's all too difficult. I come off sessions with Ian going, right. OK, great. I know what I'm doing. And he knows that that's how I feel and he knows what works for me. So we have calls and he's in, Ian has virtually no eyesight and he listens brilliantly and he will say, I can hear a change in your voice. So when I'm trying to hide from something, he can hear it, which is really annoying. Uh, but equally when I, when he's got me through whatever's got me stuck and I'm coming out the other side, he said to me last week when I had a session with him, he said, I can hear the change in your voice. I was like, oh, oh, yes. Oh, I'm more excited about it. So knowing what individual clients are looking for helps you, I think, become much more effective as a, as a coach. Mm. 
yeah yeah that's amazing and yeah okay um so what is it about like knowing like once you find this out you know how they feel or how, how you you want to make them feel um i guess there's two questions i'm just spinning in my head here is one, one question i actually uh, interviewed someone talking about the values that that people have and mm-hmm. attracting people of a certain value set to match your values and and actually one thing to talk about is about pushing people away that don't have the the right values is it the same yeah. sort of thing we're talking about here so yeah. we're trying to figure out a what the clients feel but is it also about what we're good at making them feel is there some element of like we can't make everyone feel everything so you've got to pick your battles yes yes <laughs> yeah, yeah it does absolutely um to a point it's so the example of my business when i thought that people were coming to me because they were excited by marketing and they really wanted to grow their businesses when i started asking them why do you work with me why i, I had a team of people at the time as well i was like why do you work with us and they said you're a safe pair of hands and to start with, it was a bit frustrating because I was going, no, marketing's fun and exciting. And then I realized that the majority of my clients had been doing, and this is still the case, they've been doing what they do for quite some time. They are flipping good at what they do. So a lot of the marketing we do is actually about building and maintaining their reputation. A lot of them aren't going for massive growth. They are looking for somebody to go, it's all right. You don't have to be on social media. And they just go, oh, they relax and breathe a sigh of relief. So, but if I was if I was trying to attract people who wanted growth, I'd have to completely change my marketing. Whereas it's actually knowing knowing that certainty is my strategy, it's actually really easy for me to attract the right sort of people, the ones who want a safe pair of hands. If people come to me going, right, I want massive growth in my business and I want to do loads of social media, I usually say. I'm not the right person to work with you. That's not what I do. I do the safety stuff. I do the the keep it simple. I've got a a fabulous client at the moment, Simon, who is a brilliant presentation skills trainer. He hates marketing with a passion, really hates it. He's amazing at what he does, and he gets a lot of business without really trying. So we're tweaking his marketing to make it – he knows he needs to keep doing more to keep filling the pipeline – but we're making the marketing really simple for him. I mean, I'm doing a lot of it for him, but the rest, I make it really simple for him so that he can just keep building on the brilliant reputation that he's got. That was quite a long-winded way of answering the question. Did I answer the question, Steve? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, very much so. <laughs> um, I'm thinking if I, if I looked at all blank during that, because I'm just thinking that that kind of sounds a bit like me, is, um, you know, we, we've had, thankfully, about 90-odd percent um, of our refer of our clients come from referrals mm-hmm. and um and you know when i've never really i've, I've dabbled in marketing and we have this podcast yeah. and that's fantastic and i like um sort of sharing what i know through this medium mm. um but the rest it's really just going really organically and steadily and mm. one of the challenges i've had which is um i wanted just to bring it to the table really is that working with a number of different marketing companies over the years that have cost a lot of money Mm-hmm. And often not produce the, the 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 massive growth or whatever the the the, the big sales pitch was at the beginning, mm-hmm. and that idea of of actually, for me personally, of finding somebody who is more about doing things sustainably, doing things sensibly, doing things in a way that resonates, like for example, with our existing um, track record of referrals and. 
and 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 being like you say being in a with in hell in a pair of safe hands if that makes sense you know that, <laughs> yeah. that for me really it really appeals yeah. um because i have been burned before whether it's you know and i don't think it's been intentionally or maliciously but i've not got from you know the, the some of the some of the marketing companies i work with what i'd hoped for mm. and so i've ended up you get a bit disillusioned yeah. and actually so so in and i'm sure there are many people who've had similar experiences and um so knowing you know or, or thinking about who would I hire next as a marketeer to help me? Actually, what you're saying really resonates. So I get that. It really, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And if you, I went to a website now and it was plastered about, you know, 10x your growth, you know, we'll do your you know, social media campaigns for you. You'll be yeah. all over Twitter, et cetera. I'd be like, I can't be asked for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've just started working again with a client. I worked with Sarah oh, probably about 10, 15 years ago, and she was doing really well in her in her consulting business. And I got, got her up and running and got her first website up for her, and it was all great. She went off to do her own thing. And then she came back to me middle of last year, and her daughters joined the business. And they, they're working with a website company because they realized they needed a much more grown-up website, which they did. And they went with a company who are being a little bit tricky to manage at the moment because they're saying to me things like oh yeah but they're getting loads of traffic to their website and I'm saying yes and it's giving them the wrong sort of inquiries you know they're getting phone and email inquiries saying can you do this really quickly and can you do this and and it's not they're not the right sort of inquiries but the website company are really focused on the SEO the search engine optimization and getting more traffic and I'm saying we don't need more traffic when I first said to Sarah this time I said, tell me, how do your clients find you? Oh, it's all through the website. And her daughter looked at her and said, no, it isn't. And an awful lot of it, like your business, it's referrals. But people then go to the website to get that confirmation of, like, oh, yeah, they do what they say they do. Then they send an inquiry through the website through a form. So that's why she thought it was all it was all website. So we're, we're, we're focusing much more on not not trying to grow her business too quickly because actually she hasn't got the infrastructure to grow it quickly but yeah a lot of there are some fabulous marketing companies out there obviously and there are also an awful lot that really focus on the social media or the technology and just driving more traffic so yeah, i'm working out ways to say to these these guys like slow down on the slow down on the traffic it's not really what we need no fewer fewer good clients rather than lots of bad potential clients <laughs> so this actually um feeds on quite nicely to my to my next question hmm. um and that's something you alluded to here is being clear on the strategy of your marketing so hmm. so not just doing marketing for marketing's sake and it's not just a numbers game like just because you get lots of uh, hits to your website that doesn't actually uh often or can i guess but it doesn't mean that it's going to translate into having the right clients applying and then becoming uh you know uh being served by you so what what do you want to tell us about how what can you tell us about getting that balance right between strategy before tactics i guess yeah i'm 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 glad you said but that's one of my one of my mantras is strategy before tactics i meet a lot of business owners who've jumped into doing something tactical so they 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 say well i've got a new website or i'm going networking or i think i need to be on social media and they go all out on the tactical side without really having a clear picture of what makes them different where they're going, who they're actually targeting, are they targeting existing clients or new clients? Most of them just think, well, I'm I'm short on business, therefore I'm going to chuck out loads of 
content onto social media and it's all over the place and then after a while I go oh it's not really working so it's when I when I first work with clients I take them through I usually spend a whole day with them but the morning is all strategic work so we look at where are you now in your business what resources have you got and what makes you different where do you want to get to what goals are you going for and I love clients who come to me with with big exciting scary goals because that means we need to do more marketing but they 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 need to at least know where they're going we also look at whether they're focusing on existing clients or new ones most people think they have to look for new clients and you don't there's a lot more work you can be doing with your existing ones even if it's just about asking existing clients for recommendations to to other people and then we do a, a, a fun exercise which you sort of um, hinted at earlier about about finding your ideal clients through working out what their beliefs and values are or looking at what the beliefs and values are so that's that's the strategic part and that is what I say to everyone do that first spend time doing that because from that it's much easier to then work out what marketing you need to do and consistently with my clients we realize that they don't need to do nearly as much marketing as they thought they needed to because they'll go oh actually yeah I've got three existing clients who I could phone tomorrow and ask for some more work yeah, sim- simple as that. So that's 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 strategy before tactics. That's how it works. Yeah, I, you can't see this on the uh, the podcast if you're listening in because, but I was sort of nodding away to this uh, <laughs> because because I resonated with a lot of those examples of just going out, health ladder, following some influencer who's telling you you need to do fifty posts a day on social media, or whatever, and then thinking, okay, I'm going to do fifty posts a day, but no idea what I'm doing, no clear call to action, no sort of strategy uh, into what the purpose of this is. It's just about basically blurting out stuff um, because that's what someone told me to do. And um, and at the end of the day, you actually do yourself, your sanity and your reputation more harm, because if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you're saying, you end up confusing people. Some posts I see get far too personal. Some people one day talk about this thing and that next day they're over there and just yeah there's no it, there's no there's no direction to it and you leave people going well what what does he actually do I don't know should I work with him or not oh no it's too confusing I'll go somewhere else so yeah stop doing that yeah be known be known for one thing or one, th- one thing very well and then uh, yeah. you can yeah. always add other stuff in once to get to know you I guess so that's what's what I do now anyway <laughs> um yeah. cool and uh, I guess this Lisley Donnie we've, t- we've talked a lot about referrals and that's really um close to my heart at the moment one of the big decisions that we've made for this year is to focus really with the exception of our podcast that's the only way we're sort of attracting new clients in which is an indirect sort of method so to speak but everything else all we're doing everything in our company now is all about um existing clients so either retention or referrals or both that's working um and so how does the work you are talking about in your new book and what we're talking about here, um, what does the emotional connection do for the long-term, I guess, the lifetime value of clients and how are the two connected? Great question. What I When I started researching all of this work and started writing the book, I was really focusing on marketing. So using your customers' emotions to attract them and win new clients. What I've realized is the other the other huge part of it is about keeping clients so when i mentioned earlier about understanding what emotions your clients go through when they have a coaching session with you 
the way to keep them long term as a client is to keep working on those those emotional relationships. So if you know that a client loves the certainty or the growth or the significance that you give them, that you help them to, to get through your coaching sessions, make sure you do that every time. So if a, you know, my, my, my coach, Ian, he's all about growth. But if he came to me and said, oh, no, no, I, I don't think you should grow your business. I don't think you should go after new clients. I'd go, what? Excuse me? He's um he's a he's a former Paralympic judo medalist, so he knows a bit about about winning, and he's always going. Okay, what what next? What what can we do next? Let's not necessarily huge steps, but sometimes it's just tiny improvement steps, and that works for me because he knows me really well. So it's about understanding your clients and carrying on working with them in the way that they want to be worked with, kind of treating them how they want to be treated. When you do that you've you've got them long term they will stay with you for a very long time they will then also recommend you to other people they know who want the same thing and that's fabulous because that way you're getting client inquiries coming in from your almost or pretty much ideal clients rather than from somebody who wants something completely different so yeah very very important on the customer service customer retention side and do you this may maybe an, uh, an obvious question that I've just missed, which I sometimes do. <laughs> um, but are you delivering the same feeling to all of your clients, or is it personal to what they get from the uh, from working with you? Are the two the same, or or do they? I, I used to think that. So, for example, my, the strategy I use is certainty. So, I used to think that. Everything I did, so sales, marketing, customer service needed to focus on certainty because that's what attracts clients to me. And once they're in the fold, that's what they want to carry on receiving. The joy of writing a book and researching this, I, I was delivering an online workshop a couple of weeks ago and there was a lady there who works for a larger organization. And I happen to know that their client acquisition strategy is the one I call Connection. But Amelia was saying she 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 went through the process. I, I gave them um, I, I gave them a, 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 an online version of the of the the, the list of, of emotions, and she went through and she said, "But my clients tell me they want growth," and that got me thinking. Okay, hang on. In some circumstances, I think in bigger companies there might be one strategy that you use to win clients and another that you use to keep them. The challenge there is that if a client comes to you thinking, oh, I'm going to get connection, and then you start delivering them growth, they might go, well, hang on, that's not what I signed up for. Now, in Amelia's case, it works perfectly because of, because of the specific work that, that she does. So it's it's a very much with her, what I'm going to suggest to her and her company is that the whole team gets together and, and does a, I might deliver a workshop for them so that they all understand the different strategies. Um, they have a very good handover process. So they have a sales team who win new clients and there's a very lovely handover process to people like Amelia. And that on, in bigger organizations is really important because if you come in on one strategy and you're suddenly passed over to somebody else on a different strategy and they're doing something different for you, that's going to be, hang on, disconnect, don't like it. So for bigger companies where there's more than more than a few people, yes, you can have different strategies. I do think, though, from what I've found from the research I've done, is that when there is just one person in the business, 
the strategy that you use to bring a client in is the strategy that you should use to then deliver the work. So my clients want strategy. I win them on strategy. I keep them on strategy. Makes sense. Watch this space because I'm still researching this, still digging into it and finding anomalies, which makes it the writing even more fun. Well, we didn't mention what what's the working title of the book? Uh, working title is Standout Strategies because they are five strategies that you can use to help you stand out in business. I like it. Okay, perfect. Just in case it, all, like, it, all, it also spells SOS when you look at it. Oh, of, course, like. yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that book may or may not be out and it may already may or may not have a different title. Oh. So you'll have to have a look in the show notes to, uh, to find out. It may have a different title. It's, it's due out autumn 2023. Okay, fantastic. Awesome. So you may or may not be aware this this podcast is called Systemize Your Success. So I can't leave you today or leave today, I should say, without asking you about systemizing all of what we're talking about mm-hmm. primarily in the marketing uh, arena, so to speak. But where do systems play a role? This is all very emotional stuff. It's about feeling. It's about connection. It's about, you know, building relationships and, and sounds very um at a touchy-feely type of level that, that, that yeah. you know in, a, in, a, in the best possible way and but where do systems fall into this because obviously to scale any business beyond beyond oneself we need to think about how we can utilize systems and and technology to some extent so how does that fit in in your world it fits in we talked earlier about strategy before tactics so the strategic work of of where are you where are you going that all needs to be done before you can work out the tactics. The What makes businesses successful around tactics is systemizing it and being consistent. So one of my other marketing mantras is ad hoc marketing does not work. So a bit here, a bit there, going to one networking event, putting out one podcast uh, or one article, you've got to do it consistently. And I work with my clients to basically produce... It's it's kind of a spreadsheet. I actually have one on, on the board in the office here where down the left hand side, we write down all the marketing activities that need to be done. So it might be podcast, guesting, monthly newsletter, monthly blog, networking events, speaking, whatever. And then across the top, we put in dates. So my board here, she says, taking a quick look, runs up until December of this year. So we're recording this in February 23, and it runs up until December 23. And I've written on that board the dates of podcasts that where I'm guesting. I've got dates there where I'm speaking at events. I do a lot of, of, of professional speaking. I've got dates when my I do a newsletter that goes out every single month on the third Wednesday of the month without fail apart from December when it might go a week early. Um, So it's about planning your marketing so that you know what needs to be done. So I've got dates on there when I'm, let's say, speaking at an event, which means I can work backwards from that to be promoting that event rather than suddenly going, oh, heck, I'm speaking next week. I need to do some promotion. So I need to know from you at some point, Steve, the date that this podcast is going out so that I can be promoting it, you know, rather than suddenly going, oh, my podcast is out from the interview I did with, with, with Dr. Steve. It's about planning ahead, which helps you spot the opportunities as well. Sometimes people will come to me and say, oh, could you speak next Tuesday? We've had somebody drop out. And sometimes I'll say, no, because I haven't got time to promote it. Or no, it just doesn't fit in with, with whatever else I'm doing. So I don't always say yes. It depends on if it's the yeah, if it's a perfect audience, then I probably would. 
but it's about planning your marketing so that you don't miss out. I am I am very sad. I order my Christmas cards in May every year. It gets earlier and earlier. Uh, no kidding. The company I buy them from send quite a bit of money to charity. And they used to get in touch in August and then it was July and June. And last year it was May. And they said, if you order by the end of May, you get a massive discount. So, of course, I order my cards by the end of May. But I know how many to order because I have a database that tells me how many clients I've got, who my hot prospects are, who my favorite suppliers and podcast hosts are. So I can order the right number of cards. They arrive in about June. I check they're the right ones. They go in the cupboard. My calendar then says in November, get the cards out and start writing them because I write every single one handwritten with my gorgeous blue fountain pen, uh, handwritten envelope, sticker stamp on, and I make sure that they go in the post the first week of December. And I get I some it. really fabulous responses. I have people phoning me up to say thank you for the Christmas card. And they are a really cool marketing tool and just a lovely way of saying thank you to clients and prospects. So that's 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 just a, a part, an example of, of systemizing the marketing. Get a spreadsheet, get a flip chart, get a Gantt chart, they used to be called, and yep. write in it what you're going to do and when and put it somewhere. That's why I have it on the wall in the office here, because then I can see, I can tick things off. And, oh, yes, I've done it. Or, oh, I haven't done it. So that's how to systemize your marketing and, and do good marketing. Love it. Especially, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a systems geek, so um, I, I no love. Kidding, really? I love, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love the fact that it's 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 down to that detail of um, when you're ordering Christmas cards and it's that sort of stuff, which which makes the difference. I mean, from from my example, just my and really really to re emphasize um, what you're saying here is, I for years when I start my this podcast now. Uh, roughly 18 months ago let's say roughly give or take and uh, before that it was all sporadic ad hoc this and that and then I went say I'm just going to focus on one thing I'm going to do it every single week I'm never going to miss a week yeah. and it's going to be done and promoted and get out there and to begin with it was just me doing a podcast and putting it online that was it yeah. and then over that time because I only focus on one thing we, we've added more marketing we've added the inviting guests on we've you know it's, it's just built up and then from that we're now producing we're now just going into producing blogs from every from every episode mm -hmm. on similar subjects so we've done the hardware and the brain work now yeah. we're just going to capitalize that and it goes onto twitter and linkedin and instagram i'm not a social media guy but i'm all over social media apparently yeah because yeah. We've just focused on one thing and done it really consistently, mm. and we get really—we're in top three percent of all podcasts now, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. And um, that's, that's you know, and yeah, you and you, you've systemized it, but you've yeah. also done the other thing that that I really commend you for—the fact that you you've integrated all your marketing. So you've taken your podcast and you've used it as a blog, as social media posts, and yeah. again that gives you the consistency of the message, so that people go, "Oh, right, oh, it's another post from Steve. Oh, I have a rough idea what this is going to be about," rather than. What on earth is he on about this time? And it also means, because a lot of people say to me, oh, I haven't got time to produce all this content. If you're interviewing somebody every week, as you are, Steve, on your podcast, that gives you the material to then share on, lots, on, on whatever different platforms you want, you want to do. So systemizing it saves you a heck of a lot of time and keeps it consistent with the, with the timing and the message. So well done. Yeah. Well done. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, just just to just to I want to just the example because it's it it's so so true. And and I spent so many years and so many thousands of wasted hours um trying to do a bit of everything. 
and um, having that strategy in place, everything you've described, like having that strategy, like I don't have a great strategy. I could definitely improve. It. I'm going to be speaking to you after this. Um, but actually having some idea, some strategy is better than mm-hmm. none. And then actually doing one thing consistently, it, it just allowed me to actually sort of breathe and think, okay, so how do we improve this one thing rather than trying to improve 50 things, which never yeah. works. So yeah. I, I, I love as well the way you've built up. You've taken the one thing of the podcast and built up from that too many people try to do everything and spread themselves too thin and you know I say if you've only got time to write one blog a month fine write one blog a month be consistent with the timing so always put it out on the second Tuesday or whenever whatever you decide and be consistent with your message so start with one thing and then see how much time you've got to then expand too many people just go all out spread themselves all over the place and then just run out of steam after about three weeks yeah and that, that was me in the early days so I completely held my hands up to it and I think that this is a, a total side here but just as if anyone's listening in so the reason that I've been so consistent over the past say year is mm. because I get my uh my assistant my virtual assistant mm. to promote the podcast episode as a live event before I do it so I've got no choice <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant and I have to show up and if I'm on holiday, then I pre-record it. But you know, you, you but no one listening will ever know. Um, so, but I, me- I have a, I, I have a, I have a marketing assistant who nags me. She sends me messages because she knows that my newsletter goes out on the third Wednesday. And if she hasn't got it by the week before, she's like, "Where's your newsletter?" And yeah. again, that accountability is really helpful. Thanks, Sarah. But no, it, it it works. It's great. And and the other thing with that is that with the systemizing it, you know, I know that Scribbles goes out on the third Wednesday, and it has done for about 20 years I don't know why I picked the third Wednesday it doesn't matter but I know that that's when it goes out so it's just it's hardwired into my brain that I know it's got to be done which actually makes it a lot easier yeah. so yeah yeah totally no no I think it's uh consistency is king as they say uh cool um we'll have to wrap this up I could literally talk for hours and hours and hours on, on this um but just before we do go I know we, we talked a little bit about systems and stuff, but do you have any favorite apps you could share? I love a good app or to plug in or, you know, some, some form of technology that helps. Apps, favorite apps. Well, in terms of systemizing, my my uh, previous virtual assistant got me to use something called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. Yep. And my current assistant, Sarah and I, we we use it a lot and we use it with we bring in teams. So if I need somebody to do copywriting or website, we, we bring them in. And it, it means that we can project manage what we're doing and we all have access to it. So if I've got Sarah and Jen and Ruth involved in a project, they can all see what's going on and we can tick. I love ticking things off. And when you tick it off, it whooshes off across the screen and the screen with a little, little unicorn. Don't ask me why, but that's great. But it, it means that we've all got access to the projects and we can see what's going on. We can see if something slipped and if it slipped, what do we do about it? So yeah, Asana is, is a, that's, that's been a really big help with, with systemizing and productivity for, for my business. Cool. And I promise I didn't ask you to say that because I coach people on using Asana. So. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, brilliant. Oh, I got, I got so, the right answer then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was the right one. Um, cool. Who else do you think will be a great guest on this podcast? Ooh. Ooh, good question. Um, I, I'm going to need to think about that one. Okay. I'll come yeah. back to you. No problem. I, I, I probably need a, a better idea. I'm, yeah, actually, I'm thinking systemizing. Well, you're you're a great guest on this podcast. So, if if it's somebody that helps small business owners 
get along and get a little bit further in their business that for me is a, is a great person to have oh, well in that in that case you need to speak to my marketing assistant sarah lawrence uh she will hate me for having suggested her because she'll go oh no i couldn't possibly uh but she is she's a budding marketing star and i've actually been coaching her in her marketing to help her help her do more she's a she's she's brilliant with yeah sorting my business out and and systemizing so yeah i'll put i'll put you in touch with sarah all right thank you um the title of this podcast is systemize your success but what does success mean to you success for me is Success for me is being able to sit here in my office and look out across the field and see my two horses out there, knowing that later on today I can down tools and go and ride. And then I can go back to my gorgeous house and which is just over there. It's just around the corner from where I'm sitting and I can start planning this year's ski trips. Uh, my partner and I ski a lot. We've done four years this season. And we are already planning December's ski trip. And so for me, success isn't about earning thousands of pounds. Success for me is about having a business that I love, that doesn't stress me out, that doesn't drive me insane and, and make me go grey. It's, a, it's, a, it's success is about having a business that I love and a business that gives me a lifestyle that I love, which allows me to focus on my clients if I'm not stressed I can focus on my clients and, and look after them very touchy-feely but that's yeah me. I love it I love it I love the fact you spend a lot of time skiing because so do I. <laughs> I, I, I I live in Sweden and one of the reasons I love, love living here is I'm two and a half hours away from very good slopes and, oh. and a six hour drive away from basically yeah huge huge mountain range of slopes so mm. yeah I spent a lot of time skiing. Um, next week, I went skiing last weekend, the weekend before, and next week. So there you go. Anyway, we digress. Um, very cool. Very last question for you. Do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Do I believe I, you can systemize success and why? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Why? Well, because I've done it. I've helped so many coaches, consultants, and speakers over the last 22 years to systemize their marketing. And as a result, they have success. I'm having lunch later today with a client who's actually just sacked me because she's retiring because I did her marketing for her for 12 years. Uh, she got so successful that she's been able to pass her business on to somebody else and and retire. And she said, I'd like to take you out to lunch to say thank you. So that's, oh. that's what I'm doing later on. So yeah, absolutely. Systemize your marketing and you can systemize the success. There you go. Fantastic. Great answer. How do people get hold of you, find you, learn more about you? Probably the best way is to go to my brand new website, which was act actually only went live the day before we recorded this podcast. It's ChantalCornelius.com. And Chantal Cornelius is spelled C-H-A-N-T-A-L-C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S. There's very little there. There's a photo of me and there is a button that says take the test. If you click that button, it will send me an email and we can start we can start chatting that way there's loads more to come but that's where the new book's going to be but yeah chantalcornelius.com is where you can now find me very exciting fantastic well chantal thank you so much i have uh, learned masses i'm going to go and take away and start quizzing my clients today <laughs> on my coaching course later 
And uh, I'm sure we will speak again in the very near future. But thank you so much for taking time out. It's been absolutely fabulous having you on the show today. You're welcome. It's been great fun. Thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.